Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Fertility in Focus podcast. I'm your host, Christina Burns. I'm a doctor of natural medicine specializing in the treatment of infertility via natural and integrative methods. I founded the Naterna Institute in New York City, where my team and I work with women and couples, often in collaboration with Western medical doctors, to guide the path to healthy conception. In this podcast, you'll learn all about your body and everything in the fertility landscape to help you realize your dream of baby. I'll be bringing you the best of advice from experts in the fields of both natural and conventional medicine, as well as the heartfelt and very helpful stories of brave fertility heroes on their path to baby. Let's dive into today's episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Today, we are going to dive into discussion about nutrition, and I wanted to take the opportunity to try to navigate the rage around the keto diet and, you know, its benefits, its risks, like why there's so much talk about it, what I think about it, I'm definitely going to inject in there. Uh, so let's, let's just dive in. Let's get right to it. So the keto diet is, you know, mostly focused on ketosis, which is a, a state that you get into when you stop burning carbs for your energy, but you're burning fat or protein, which are harder to break down and burn than carbohydrates. And, you know, in this state, we are burning fat more efficiently because we no longer, you know, are leaning into burning carbs. And so we go straight to kind of burning fat and protein. And so the diet severely restricts carbohydrates so that you will get into this state of ketosis. And it's, and it's pretty specific, like, you know, the amount of protein you can have and what types and the amount of carbs also. And, you know, it's like 75% fat diet. So it is definitely not for people with gallbladder issues since the gallbladder is what's needed to break down fat. So... It's really specific. It's called the keto diet because it's about going into um, a ketogenic state in the body. So it's actually activating a state. Whereas the paleo diet, honestly, it has a lot of the same components. Like it is lower carb, but is actually more focused on healthy carbs and carbs that aren't grains. So both diets are grain free. Uh, And that I think is probably like the most overarching theme is that they are both grain-free diets. Now, the ketogenic diet is um, more focused on something they call anti-nutrients, which are things like lectins that are found in grains and legumes. And lectins can um, cause some inflammation, some digestive distress. They'd be worse for people with IBS, for example. But I actually did a whole podcast on lectins and their effect. And what I found from my research is generally like we can break down lectins in nuts, seeds, legumes, uh, grains by soaking and sprouting them and by cooking them for um, a certain amount of time at a certain temperature also. So you can um, refer back to my podcast on that if you want more info on how to break down lectins if you don't want to get rid of them from your diet. So uh, this keto focus on lectins, these anti-nutrients causing inflammation and being a problem, I I totally see it. Uh, But again, as I mentioned, you can break these down in various ways of preparing your food. But the paleo diet and the keto diet both focus on no grain. They both like generally tend towards higher fat and protein, yet the ketogenic diet has very specific 
kind of criteria that you have to follow, whereas the paleo diet is not. It is more of a general lifestyle, whereas the keto diet is about getting you into ketosis, so it has you know more specific measurements like 75% fat and then a tiny amount from your carbs and a little bit more from your protein. And on a ketogenic diet, for example, you're not supposed to eat more than like 20 to 50 grams of carbohydrates a day. And just to put that into perspective, there's 26 grams of carbohydrates in a pear, like a medium-sized pear. So even if you're not eating a bowl of rice or pasta, it's really easy to get carbohydrates. In fact, broccoli has carbohydrates and spinach has carbohydrates. So um, it's not only that you're getting them from pasta and bread. You can get you're getting carbohydrates from from a variety of foods. So, paleo diet doesn't care. It's like okay, so you can have you know your sweet potato and you can have your uh, beets and you know as long as you're not eating grains, it doesn't matter. Whereas keto is like oh you've had your serving of beets or your serving of fruit per day, um, and that's it. Um, both are are good in that they have an emphasis on whole foods and that they have an emphasis on cutting out refined sugars. I don't love that the ketogenic diet, um, you know, a lot of companies are coming out with a variety of snacks with like fake sweeteners or with alcohol sweeteners that are ketogenic friendly. We just don't know how those behave in our bodies. So, you know, the process side of things, I understand that, you know, it's a trend, but it, it concerns me in just that you know, we don't really understand the effects of it. So if you're going to go with one of these diets, I, I, I would recommend you have the emphasis on the whole foods because I think that's the, the general theme. So keto is very specific about, you know, your intake of how much of this and how much of that. And paleo is kind of like, just don't eat grains. And then, you know, that's, that's pretty much the gist of it. I find that keto also, you know, is more focused on the, on the lectin foods, as I mentioned earlier, and tends to not recommend um, nuts, seeds, and legumes. And with the paleo diet, nuts and seeds are actually a huge focus of the diet. I'm a big fan of sprouted nuts and seeds in, uh, you know, small amounts for fertility. I actually think that they're incredibly nutrient dense foods. And if they're sprouted and stone ground, then it makes them easier to digest. Whereas like you'll hear from some people and maybe some proponents of this concept of anti-nutrients that nuts and seeds are too hard to digest. So they're too hard on the body, which I would agree with if I wasn't telling you about these other forms in which you can break it down more easily and get the nutrients out of it. If you're interested in learning about a nutritional method to enhance your fertility, then I have just the thing for you. My Eating for Optimal Fertility course is a user-friendly online course that boils down my 20 years of experience as a holistic fertility expert into an easy-to-follow digital guide that you can put into action right away. This course was designed to empower you with simple, proven, fertility-boosting nutritional tips that will improve your odds of conceiving a healthy pregnancy. Be sure to check it out. Contact us at the Naturna Institute, info at naturnalife.com, or DM me on Instagram at Dr. Christina Burns or at Naturna underscore life. Hope to see you on the inside. So most of the research around the keto diet, because this is not as much about the paleo, uh, because the keto is so in right now, so there's some research being conducted. Most of the research around it, in terms of its benefit, is about weight loss and really more rapid weight loss. And so how weight loss can affect fertility or help fertility and how it, you know, lowers the body mass index, lowers inflammation, lowers insulin levels, lowers blood sugar levels, 
It can regulate ovulation and menstruation, especially helpful in cases of overweight women with PCOS. And the small studies have been conducted. It is, it was like, you know, four women with PCOS who were overweight. And when they did the keto diet for six months, they started ovulating on their own, which just shows you the power of, of diet. Like that, you know, there are options. I have enough people who see me that, you know, may be a little bit overweight with PCOS or amenorrhea. And, and for a good number of them, a change in lifestyle, like a bit of weight loss with a clean diet and a bit of exercise are enough to get things going again. And then for, for many of them, I use that in combination with acupuncture and herbs, which makes, you know, the results kind of take effect much faster. So the risk around these kind of diets is for some, it can be nutrient deficiency. So I don't see this as much being the case with the paleo diet because it's more of a general lifestyle kind of only cutting the grains. And there are some nutrients that are in grains that could be beneficial, but by and large, you, you get so many more nutrients from like orange vegetables and purple vegetables and green vegetables and um, in small amounts of animal foods, like the high B vitamins and the iron and the protein in animal foods. So I'm not too worried about it with the paleo diet. With the ketogenic diet, it was shown that it could increase risk of osteoporosis and osteopenia, which is a little scary. So you, like, I think you definitely end up missing more in that diet just because it's so intensely specific. You know, I think everything has to be balanced is, is really the issue here. And so I am personally more of a fan of the paleo diet because I find the keto diet so extreme. Now, I think you really have to go with what fits best for you. Like if you need things to be like measured down to a T, then maybe doing the keto diet for a certain period of time is going to be good for you. If you are better with a general concept, then maybe the paleocentric diet is a better idea for you. I think that cutting down on refined carbohydrates is good for everyone and on refined sugars. When it comes to fertility, um, one of the main causes of subfertility or infertility I see in women, no matter the age, are high insulin levels, high blood sugar levels, um, and, and inflammation. And that's what refined carbohydrates do. That's what sugar does. It also will put you on kind of a roller coaster as far as it goes with your emotions because sugar fluctuations in your system will affect your neurochemistry. So keep that in mind too. If you are considering one of these diets, here's for the, th these are the people that I would suggest to consider. I mean, I, I like I just said, I can, I suggest kind of everybody do a, like a diet lower in refined grains and cutting out refined sugar. But, you know, if you're a person who experiences a lot of carb or sugar cravings, consider cutting them out. If you are overweight and you know it would benefit you to trim down a little bit, then, you know, this is maybe something to consider for you. If you're snacking and you need to get a handle on this, also a good reason. Um, if you have constipation, IBS, or other digestive issues that aren't getting better, then a grain-free diet can be super helpful for that too. When not to consider a very low-carb diet. So obviously if pregnant or breastfeeding, not a good idea because those are um, states where you would have a higher demand for carbohydrates from your body. And if you have gallbladder problems, gallstones, because you can't process the amount of fat. 
if you are already underweight, this is a cause for concern. If you're already underweight, like if and you have digestive issues like this IBS and you want to try a grain-free diet for that, then what I suggest, as long as you don't have the gallbladder issues, is to lean into fats. Coconut oil, almond butter, sprouted stone ground preferably. And, you know, getting more fats in the diet can maybe keep some of the weight on your body. Um, and then for somebody who's underweight, I wouldn't suggest as much keto paleo may be better because then you can have more sweet potato and beets and and things like that that and butternut squash and pumpkin and things that would keep more of the the weight on your body if you're on diabetic medications like metformin or insulin like you have to be careful just because your blood sugar could get too low and then you could start having effects from that um, and if you've had a history of disordered eating then this is something you should also be careful with and, and you'd probably want to work with somebody on this so to summarize, the benefits of the diet are focus on whole foods, bringing down blood sugar and insulin levels that could affect conception and maintaining a pregnancy, losing weight if that needs to happen to help your odds, reducing inflammation, um, helping digestive issues, which would also reduce inflammation and help you get more nutrients out of your diet. These are nutrient-dense diets. I'm more of a fan of the paleocentric diet as a lifestyle my concerns about the keto diet are the nutrient deficiencies, the the level of acid that it kind of brings about in your body. Like you are go into a more acidic state and in an acidic state, microbes grow and tissues break down and there could be other issues that arise. So if doing the keto diet, I don't suggest a long-term commitment to it. I suggest it more as a short-term thing. The paleo diet, I actually think you could do more long-term. Now, if you can't conceive of cutting out grains entirely, then eat a serving per day maximum, and preferably a serving just maybe a few times per week. And uh, the refined sugars, I just don't support. I, I, don't, I cannot tell you enough that uh, sugar is not your friend in terms of your happiness, your neurochemical balance, your body image, or your fertility. Thanks for tuning in. I'm really happy you've tuned in and joined the community, and I'm so excited to bring you more helpful content with each episode. In order to make this podcast as helpful as possible, I want to hear your input on what questions you need answered to get you feeling empowered on your fertility journey. You can DM me on Instagram at at Naturna underscore life or at naturally CB to share your most important fertility related questions. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please follow and share with friends. My mission is to help as many women and couples as possible. And for that, I need your help. Yours as always in love and light, Dr. Christina.